Welcome to Do Not Listen to This Podcast. I have a, the first returning guest on Do Not Listen to This Podcast. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, uh, it's if as Ricky Bobby said, uh, it's if you're not first, you're last. So right. hey, I'm first. Exactly. <laughs> this, is Gary, this is Gary Fry. Looks like Frey, but it's sounds like Fry. Yeah. How come they don't spell it the right way? How come I don't not, know not these Fry. German ancestors of mine? I guess I uh, it could know. it could be Freya. <laughs> That'd be French, and I don't think we had any. <laughs> could be Fry. Um, could be all kinds of things. Don't forget to uh, visit Do Not Listen to This Podcast, and your donations help us to feed stray cats and dogs, uh, and we are having a blast doing that. When you do your donation, uh, I will ask you if you want us to put your do- the portion of your donation more towards cats or dogs or both, So, and uh, then we'll send you some pictures of who got fed because of you. Uh, so cool. you want to talk about leadership and business growth, which I think- Yeah, is- man. I think it's good. I think, um, wh- which one do you want to start with? Well, you know, I think it's, it's hard to have healthy growth without good leadership. <laughs> you know, yeah, I suppose you could get dumb and, and lucky and fall into it, but I don't know very many people that have been able to do that and sustain it. I just call it business growth. I don't put healthy or unhealthy on it. <laughs> but I like I like your wow. adjective. I like your adjective. <laughs> I, I, I agree. healthy and unhealthy growth. Yeah, and, no, uh, that's right. There are two types of growth. Well, why don't we why don't we then start on business growth, right? Yeah. And then dovetail into that where where it is kind of uh, you know where the pinpoint is critical on that leadership is driving that. So why don't you just mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how you view business growth? Um, what you think business growth is, what you think it isn't, and and we'll start there. Yeah, so I actually have a, a, a fun example. I just came away a week ago from a management um, offsite with one of my coaching clients. Nice. And um, this this story about them is an, is a great example, I think, of what happens to a lot of businesses. So they were probably doing, I don't know, I'm wanting to say about 6 million top line when I started with them. And the CEO came to me a little over three years ago and had multi-millions offered to him after tax. And he said, and he turned it down. And he he said, uh, he said, um, I just got offered this a bunch of money, but I turned it down. And I said, well, why? Mm-hmm. And he is in his early 40s, probably. He said, um, because I'm afraid my culture will change. And I said, well, of course it will change. You know, I mean. <laughs> That's why they give you the check, you goofball. They give you the check. Because <laughs> your culture is changing once you take the check. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Because management always sets the tone. And I said, well, tell me about your culture. And he told me, like you could tell this guy loves his team, loves, loves his team. He pays them above market rate. Right. He pays um, the lion's share of all their medical expenses. And he okay. has a bunch of laborers as well as other things. Sure. He does 401k matches that nobody in his industry does. And I said, mm-hmm. well, I can tell you this, you know, PE or a strategic that comes in and buys you, they're going to cut all of that stuff. Absolutely. That's right. You know, because that's like found money immediately. Yes. And um, so he, I said, well, 
you know, are you running to something or are you running from something? Great question, because I think that's critical, especially when when an offer is on the table. I think this is important no matter whether it's a $6 million company or a $6 company. Yeah, that's right. If you've got a if you've got a home-based business and you're making $30,000 and somebody offers you a job for $120,000, you better be looking at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but it came, you know, it's all about it, it's Simon Sinek's why, and we'll get into a little bit more of that. But oh, don't let's not um, get into Simon because I'm anti Simon. But if I'll take the other side of Simon, I'll, he drives me crazy and batty. So you will get a lot of pushback well, on Simon Sinek in my podcast. He's I actually been about, banned, he's been banned from my podcast. He is not allowed okay, to appear sorry. as a guest on sorry. my podcast. You can erase all that reference. Know, that's but fine. You can, he, I understand people like him. The I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Is, I don't know why people like Simon Sinek, but I do understand people like. Him. Go ahead. Well, the the imperative question is why. That that that's the imperative question. Why? Yeah, it's one of them. And so, um, he said he starts telling me about the stuff that he wants to do, and like he it was like really cool. You know, he wanted right. to do a, a village for the working poor of tiny houses and stuff nice. like that. I'm like, that's great, but that's not going to make you a dime. And yeah. the amount of money. You're young enough. It's not going to take you through the rest of your life. What right. else? And then anything else that he was talking about, he hadn't really thought about it. Sure. And he thought, well, you know, I, I'd like to do this. But I said, well, SBA loan is probably going to be what the buyer is using. And it's a no joke, non-compete, you know, right. so you That's cannot right. do anything close to what you're doing for a few years. So That's right. what are you going to do? Right. He really couldn't answer that that question, and so I said, "It sounds to me like you're running from something. What? What? Mm -hmm. You know? Because I'm not hearing an empirical like yeah. I'm running through this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and he said, um, and he starts talking about you know it. It just wasn't fun anymore. It was hard, and it and it wasn't fun. He one part of his business w requires a lot of cap capex, and he really hates debt and this and that. So, mm -hmm. um. He said, well, will you work with me? And I said, not as long as you are entertaining offers, because right. I'm not going to start something that we can't finish. And yeah. I can guarantee you, anybody comes in, they're going to go, who's this coach guy? And who's what? what's that? And that's gone. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's right. Because right. I'm not cheap either. Right. So um, a few months later, and he goes, man, I he calls me again, says, I just turned down more money. Uh, I can't do it. I can't leave it. So we did a two-day offsite with him and his team. And we one of the things I love going through is what I call a thrive wither. What makes you come alive? What makes you wither? And it's yeah, just that's a great. simple feature. That's great. And then what we did is we kind of butted up against their uh, accountability chart. It's really simple. Like, mm -hmm. let's name all the functions in this um company. And I think they, they listed off like 11 or 14 main functions, you know, maybe accounts payable, accounts receivable, who's doing sales, who's doing marketing, mm -hmm. who's doing IT, who's doing HR, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I want to know where does the buck stop? Put a name by where the buck stops on each one of these things. Well, the CEO had his name by, like, I think it was like 11 of the 14. That's not good. Well, no wonder. <laughs> That's not good. No wonder you hate life. And so yeah. I said, circle the things that make you come alive. Right. He circled three. Loves working with his guys in the field. He loves training them. He's a craftsman and he, he knows what he's doing. He loves inventing stuff. He's brilliant. 
Right. And he also loves working with key clients. Like he's really good at that. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, if we took these other things off your plate, um, how would life feel? And yeah. He goes, oh man. And I said, well, you know, we're not going to be able to take all those off immediately, but sure. I, his CEO or COO and C, uh, CFO who I'd introduced to him, I said, hey, would do any of those things come, make you come alive? He goes, oh man, I would love to do these things. So right. there were pieces of that that pieces he's of the wired puzzle that, he, that he could take away. Yeah. That's right. And the other guy was doing it because he didn't think there was anybody else that could yeah, do it. I that, said, right? Yeah, you're hitting on an important, I mean, a lot of it does come down to, I mean, businesses like, I mean, businesses as like people tend to be only as sick as their secrets. Yes. And um, yes, if the secret is, I don't think anybody else wants to take care of this. The, the real truth is you haven't asked if anybody wants to take care of it. Exactly. And, and also too, you have to be, to, to piggyback off of what you're talking about, I would take it one step further and you maybe did take it one step further. I would say of the things that you love, what's the one that you're going to be able to delegate away first? Which, which, uh, which girlfriend are you going to be able to abandon? <laughs> well, uh, or, that, or boyfriend, if, if, it's, if it's a female, right? It, it, no, that's exactly right. I had to do the same thing on my first turnaround. I yeah, mean, that's exactly um, I had right. to figure out I, there were three main functions that I was really good at that I had to do. There wasn't anybody else. And when we hired those functions, I knew, yeah, I love design actually, right. but um, I could hire somebody else and do it because I was better at doing strategy work with CEOs that yeah. a lot of our designers couldn't have that conversation with. That's exactly they, they right. They just weren't wired that way. That's right. So anyway, um, we got, within six months, we got all of those things off of the CEO's plate. Perfect. And what was really, really cool is um, he had some challenges at home um his, his spouse was having some medical issues they had a a child that was was going through some stuff so i knew life wasn't great right. you know it wasn't wine and roses but i i saw him um it was six months later we were together and i said man you seem like you're doing great you know and he right. goes man i can't wait to go to work every day yeah well that's a big difference right i can't wait to go to work every day so fast forward that company um has a chance this year of being well over triple what they were they um but maybe even close to quadruple that's great all organic which is really amazing yeah here, because here. you 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 cleaned up the infrastructure that and that's so critical on business growth right you huge you also brought up another interesting point this is an intake we do on all of our consulting clients right which is and people may not understand consulting and coaching are different right it's like yeah you know, but consulting, we're, we're there to kind of lay out, you know, the options. Right. And we don't really, we don't really care which path you go down. Um, right. We, we're just going to lay out three, three options and we lay it out to, you know, risk tolerance, right. Low risk, medium risk, high yep. risk. Yep. But what we make every client do at the beginning and is they have to identify what their buyout number is and we help them to do the calculations. Yeah. We yeah. said, we will not work with you unless you know what your buyout number is. Right. And that, that helps our business growth. Cause then we're not working with people who don't, who don't understand. There will be an end. There will be an end to your business. That's right. You, it, That's right. 
and, and don't make your business life your personal life. You know, these are things that you, you want to keep separate, right? So uh, it's very hard for people to articulate. But you're hitting the nail on the head about business growth is really about making sure you have the right people doing the right things. And that's where I think yes. it dovetails into leadership. So what was the, yeah. what, what's, like, we don't have to leave him as an example, but what, what do you think is the number one problem leaders make that um, hamper growth? All roads or too many roads lead to them. Yeah, right, the micromanaging. That's the number one thing. The, the micromanaging, right? Yeah, and especially smaller companies, you know, bigger companies, pu pu publicly traded companies, that's not an issue. They can't do it. Yeah, they can't do it. It's, it's way too big anyway. No, it's but their own, own little fiefdoms and everything. Yeah, that's right. Small, medium-sized growth, like even medium-sized companies up to a couple hundred million, um, I, I see that too, where you, you can't hit a hundred million uh, without having some of that dealt with. But then what happens is it's like middle management down. They have to keep doing the same thing, which right. is what, am, you know, what's my best and highest use. And um, it, you know, and also understanding and realizing nobody's going to do it exactly the way that you would, you have to get really nor, clear nor on what they. the objectives are, nor should they. Right. Exactly. You just get clear on what does success look like? Yeah. What are the key, you know, you know, OKRs or, you know, what are the measures of success and then right. how you get there as long as it doesn't violate our core values and our operating agreements right then then great or you know ethical or legal issues obviously but you know here here was the the coolest thing so we did a a strategy session on last week and they want they were looking at market expansion they were looking at um product development expansion they were looking at service expansion mm -hmm. like and this this ceo is super visionary which most of them are you know if they right. started it they're extremely bright extremely visionary but that can also cause challenge for the the company to be focused you know like absolutely because they just jump around like a rabbit right um you know just going to the next rabbit it's it's the it's, shiny object syndrome is what i call it but yeah. that's exactly right they're just you know, ooh, hey, you know, squirrel. Right, so, and also too, that's this is also why this is why a lot of people that are great at startups are not good when their their business becomes mature because that's a whole different ballgame. They're addicted to the to the fast growth. Yes, they yeah. they like the hype. They are addicted to the hyper growth. Once it gets to a mature business, they start to lose interest. It's like no, no, dude, or do that. This is exactly where you're supposed to be loving this thing. This is now free cash flow, you goofball. Um, well, that's, and that's the key that, you know, and the way that you can do that, you don't necessarily, I, I, I've known founders that had to exit because they, they love the adrenaline rush of, yeah. you know, are we going to meet payroll or not? And, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then once they get comfortable, then it's like they get bored. Right. But if you can have that visionary in their sweet spot of what do they love doing? And in this guy's case, like, again, he loves inventing stuff. He loves right. it, improving processes well let him go into a cool lab and doing that or building relationships with new right new things so when we got into this thing because they they had a whole bunch of things that they were looking at and you know just couldn't focus on and i i knew i was going to ask this question but the ceo beat me to the punch which is <laughs> always even more fun right. and he goes you know what 
I just want to know everybody's why. Why are we why are we doing this? Because they're making plenty of money. Right. They don't have to add any more headaches to themselves. And right. any of these things are going to create some headaches. Not one of his management team, um, and we had, I think, seven of them that were at this thing. Not one of them said the money. Not one of them said, oh, it's because we want to beat so-and-so or we're going to be, you know, we're going to have global domination. It wasn't that right. at all. Right. It was about fun. Yeah, no, fun's, I mean, look. It's it about adventure. Fun is one of our, fun is one of our, our core um, values. And the truth is if we are not having fun with a client, we terminate the client. I mean, it's not that hard, you know, it's like you have to be, you have to know what your values are and you have to be true to them. Right. And if it gets uncomfortable, we just try to reposition. Right. And make it fun. I mean, the challenge is also on us to make it fun. I always like to ask people, you know, who are we being of service to? That's right. Because to me, that's where all business growth, who are we being of service to is the mantra for me for business growth. Do you have something similar or, 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 you know, something that you want to add to that? Yeah. So that was, that was the other thing they listed all the stuff. So the fun and adventure, right. Um, at the same time they were reverberating was, um, we get to impact so we can we can impact more families in other markets as well because they really do they do pay above uh rate they provide benefits because they love and care about their people right this and and the final thing was we have seen that we set the bar so much higher than anybody else like people are demanding and they're dragging that's part of the thing they've got clients that are trying to drag them into various markets because other markets don't have the same level of service and quality. Right. Wow. Okay. So that's a cool thing. And, you know, one of my favorite books is uh, back there called Oversubscribed. Okay. And basically, you know, Nike did actually a really good job of that early on where they limited supply. Mm -hmm. The demand was high. Right. They kept their prices high. People were waiting in line. I mean, look at what happens anytime the iPhone, you know, comes out with a new thing right. you got people camping out even if COVID is going on they're camping out waiting for the you know iphone 12 13 whatever the next one's going to be yes um same sort of thing so i i you you're, you nailed it you know you, if we're not providing service and a you know value to somebody you really don't have a market anyway. Well, that's right. And that, that is true of whether it is a product or a service. This is what a lot of people miss because you're using the service word tr- twice, right? But it's, you know, we have to, the customer, you're either a customer centric company or you're a egocentric company. You're not, there's yes. no gray area, right? And if you're I an agree. egocentric company, you can do well. You can do, you can sure. build a fight them to a point, but that point will be crushed because if you can't make the transition to being customer focused and making right. customers more important, then th- that's what limits your growth. Yeah. Right. So I totally agree. I think so many people miss that. I mean, look, what would you advise somebody who's not in a big company, but who's in a small company and they're just trying to grow their business? What would be your advice to them? Uh, a few things. One is get real clear on a number of things. First of all, why are you doing it? 
Mm-hmm. Sorry, bringing no, up. No, no, it's Simon okay. So, look, but, I, but I will, why? I will be glad to get into why I don't like Simon Sinek, and I, <laughs> I can do it in a Reader's Digest version. He just speaks in a loop. That's all. Uh, yeah. That's all. He speaks in a loop. He says nothing. <laughs> and yeah, you know, no, I, he he says why? <laughs> yeah. Well, there were, there, no, he did the thing like the leaders eat last, which is a military thing, right? But then yeah. he also does a video about how he jumped in line to get a free bagel. So it's like, well, which one are you? Are you the guy that eats last or are you the bagel stealer? I think you're the bagel stealer. You <laughs> yeah. hypocrite. Well, anyway, that's my, that's my Simon Sinek thing. Leaders eat last. I do agree with that too. I mean, uh, the I leaders do. that I, I have loved working under and the, the leaders that I love working alongside are the ones that don't have uh, a sign by the front door parking for CEO. They yeah, are the ones right. that park out. Yeah. No, I think leaders they, eat, they prefer eat. their people, which leaders I think eat. is more, you know, they have their customers, like customers get to park here. <laughs> I, can, I could be wrong on this. And I, I'm sure if I am wrong, I'll be corrected by somebody who listens to the podcast. But I think the, le- the uh, leaders, uh, eat last thing is the, um, is attached to the Marines. I think that's, it, it, that's part of the Marines That's exactly thing. right. So yeah, yeah uh, that wasn't an original Simon Sinek. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I think I always my joke with it is I eat last because I have I have a little extra fat because I'm a leader, <laughs> so I can live off my fat cells for a little longer. It's okay, although I'm losing weight. So that that analogy is not. I can gonna, tell. Now I'm down. I'm down uh, over thirty five pounds already. So wow, that's amazing. All through nutrition. Like all amazing. through nutrition. All through nutrition. So, yeah, you, you know, you said, you know, what if you're a smaller company, right. get clarity on that. Yeah. You know, what's your purpose? What yeah, and, and getting honest about that. Don't, you know, make up some fluffy stuff that then because you, you create cynics, not Simon cynics, but you create cynics in, in time inside your own company. If you're saying one thing and you I'm know doing another trumpeting this on social media, like, oh, wow, we're all this. And then you publicly berate your people or whatever. That's right. Terrible. And I know people like that. And I know companies like that. But that's number one. Number two is understand what your core values are. Same thing. Big big time. Are you going to, and the litmus test for me is always this. If you have uh, a salesperson or somebody that is responsible for 60% of that growth and for that company, like 60% of all your revenue, but they are the chief offender of all your core values. Got to get rid of them. Will you say gone? You got to go. And take the hit or not? Well, yeah, the That's first thing the- you do is you say, look, would you like to get some psychological help? And then if they don't do that, then you say you're gone. I mean, because, you know, sometimes it's just people are just anti-authority. I've seen really good companies just get destroyed from cancer within all- because the CEO didn't have the guts and the backbone to um, go from preference to conviction. I'll take that preferences. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so I'll take, I'll take it a step further. And I've worked with all kinds of companies, all kinds of sizes, public, private, like yourself. And I can tell you, everybody that's at the top does not get beaten by a competitor. They get beaten from within. They get, exactly beaten, right. they get beaten from inside because everybody starts to want to take credit for being number one. When exactly. most of those people had not one damn thing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with that. You know, 
Well, so, okay. So, so to the person that's listened this far into the podcast and they do, I, I see the stats. Um, what would you want them to take away about business growth? It starts with the leader. Okay. And if you're not the leader, then be a leader. That's great. And it starts with your own why, what drives mm -hmm. you. Um, you know, and I think that if you get alignment with the team around you, around that clarity, first of all, you got to have clarity on why are we doing this and mm -hmm. what are our core values, what's propelling us. You have then alignment with the right people in the right seats doing the right stuff. You know, this is, you know, Jim Collins stuff, right? Right. And then you focus on a few things, focus, 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 and, and execute and know what, what does success look like? Mm -hmm. Define what that is. You know, again, going back to this client, what I loved about this is it wasn't success for them was not like global domination. Right. Success was, Hey, are we having fun? Are we impacting more families? Yep. Um, you know, and are we serving our clients to, to the standards that we want to serve them? Man, that is, and guess what? That's fun. Yeah, you know, it is, it if it's fun. not fun, then get out of it. Exactly. That's right. So well, thanks for coming on the show and congratulations on being the first two-time guest. Man, I love it. At least I'm not last. That's right. <laughs>